Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. All right, let's uh, open our Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 15. Praise God. Luke, chapter 15, uh, we're going to read from verse 11 to 30. So we have it on the multimedia screen. Uh, Let me just go through that. Uh, It says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goose that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Next verse. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. And there wasted his portion with prodigal living. Next verse. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his feet to feed swine. And he will gladly have filled his stomach with the pot that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Next verse. But when he came to himself... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. I wanted to get that he personalized his father. And I will say to him, amen. Amen. All right, let's quickly, uh, let's. Go back to, uh, okay, what verse was that? Verse 18, right? Okay, I will arise and go to my father. I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Verse 22. But the father said to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. And a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Verse 23. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be married. For this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be married. Verse 25. Now his elder brother was in the field and he came and drew near to the house He heard music and dancing, 26, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. 
verse 27, and he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fatted calf because he had received him, and he has received him safe and sound. Verse 28, and he was angry and would not go in, therefore, and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. 29, and he answering said to his father, Lo, this many years do I serve thee, neither transgress I at, that, at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never givest me a kid, that I may make merry with my friends. Verse 30 now, but as soon as this thy son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlot, thou had killed for him the fattest cow. Somebody say grace. grace. Amen. Somebody say grace. grace. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thy. He didn't understand grace. Amen. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and now is alive again. Was lost and now he is found. Praise God. Amen. I wanted to tell your neighbor, say, I am reconnected because of grace. Amen. The book of Luke chapter 15 has about three parables in that singular chapter. Uh, Luke chapter 15 verse 1 to 7 talks about the parable of the lost sheep. Luke chapter 15 verse 8 speaks about the parable of the lost coin. A woman who Jesus was talking about who had ten coin and one got missing. If you read it, you'll find that. And then here we see Luke chapter 15 from verse 11 talking about the parable of a lost son. But this is what I wanted to know. These parables fundamentally are all about lost things. Amen? And these parables are talking generally about the loss of human. Amen? In their translation. Now, they talk about lost things and also talk about God and the aim is to lay bare the nature of the divine response to the recovery of the lost. Amen. Both the parable of the lost coin and sheep represent loss of human being, like I've said, as is in the analogy of the good shepherd. Praise God. Jesus is a good shepherd. This identifies himself with the image of God as a good shepherd searching for sheep that stray away. Praise God. Uh, let's open our Bible to Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34 from verse 11 to 16. Praise God. Now, for thus saith the Lord God, indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seek out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Praise God. I want you to know that your life 
did not begin when you were born. Your life began when God had you in mind. Praise God. So that is your origin. Your origin is not from your place of birth. Your origin is from him. He knows your end from your beginning and knows your beginning from the end. Praise God. Uh, no wonder Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 says to us, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And I have sanctified and ordained you to be a prophet unto nation. Praise God. I want you to know that nation is a place of your calling. Somebody say amen. amen. The place of your calling is in your purpose. The place of your calling is in your vision. The place of your calling can also be your space, your domain, where God has put you together to be able to function, to bring glory to his name. Praise God. Your place of calling can be your career. Your place of calling can be your assignment. So therefore, it means that when God puts you into a being and commissioned you to be a prophet to nation, he has given you an assignment. Amen. And I want you to know that that assignment will cause nation to hear of you. In the name of Jesus. Now, there is a process and pattern that God has put your life that your life must follow. And it doesn't matter what you do and how you try to run away from it. Your life must take that pattern. Praise God. In Genesis, God made man. And the Bible made us to understand that after God made man, every evening, God will come down to have fellowship with man. Amen. Man was enjoying constant fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden. And every evening, God will come and instruct the man because the man had a work that he was doing. But there is another side of God that man never saw. And we would never have probably seen that side of God if something else did not happen. I want you to stay with me. Praise God. Man was with God in the garden, but man did not know God to the full capacity. God knew man. God knew how his end was going to be. But man did not know God. Amen. And there is this side of God that will, will never have sinned if man did not fall from grace. I'm here to let you know that some of us will probably not have known that God is merciful if man has not fallen. Some of us will probably not have known that God is gracious if man has not fallen. Some of us will not have known that God could be a designer that will put on animal skin together to clothe man if man did not fall. Amen. So God had to Put things in order before man will fall so that by the time he is falling, the redemption plan was already in place for man to fall back to. No wonder the Bible says, for the lamb was slain before the foundation of the word. Amen. So man had to fall for us to understand the other side of God that we did not see literally in the garden of Eden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When man fell, the total plan for redemption was already in place to bring back man. Amen. Suddenly, after man disobeyed God and fell from grace, God knew it. So he had already made a provision. For he, is, he has already made a provision. Let me take this point again. 
So when suddenly man disobeyed God and fell from grace, God had already knew it and he had already put in place all that is needed to redeem man back to him. Praise God. When man fell, God came in and put all that it, he needed to be restored back to the place of grace. When man fell, God came in and had already put in place all that it needed for man to be restored back to God. Amen. Now the story that we read in the book of Luke, the Bible says that a man had two sons. I want you to know that this story is already a family affair. Devil has no right in it. Devil has no say. A man had two sons. And one day, the younger one said to his father, Give me the portion of what belongs to me. Praise God. And the father put all that is needed for the son as his portion. And he gave to the son. But the Bible said not many days after... The son took all that was given to him and went to a far country and spent all that the father has given to him in riotous living. Praise God. I want you to know that God has already known how the end is going to be. Praise God. And all that is needed was already in place. I wanted to get that. So when the son went out and spent all that was given to him, some of us think that grace is an occasion for sin. But I want you to know that the moment you see grace as an occasion for sin, you are already on your way to a far country. Praise God. You are already on your way to a far country. The moment you think that grace is an occasion for sin. When he went to a far country, he did all that he wanted to do with the grace of his father. Permit me to say the riches of his father was the grace of his father. He took that and went and spent it. But then, thank God for God, because he knows the end from the beginning. The Bible made us to understand that the boy came to himself. No wonder the Bible says he walks in us both to will and to do of his good will. Amen. When he came to himself, he said to himself, How many of my higher servants are in my father's house? The boy understood that in his father's house, everything is already provided. So he said to himself, If I have much, why do I need to come this low and Chill myself in this situation. The Bible made us to understand that he came to himself and he said to himself, I will arise and go back to my father. I will arise and go back to my origin. I will arise and go back to my roots because where I am coming from is a place of sufficiency. Where I'm coming from is a place of the merch. Where I am coming from is a place where I cannot lack. Why do I have to kill myself? And the Bible says he arose and went back to his father. But this is what interests me. I want to believe that the father of the boy 
never went back home from the first day the boy left home. He was constantly on a search for his lost son. No wonder the Bible made me to understand that when the boy was from afar, the father saw him. Could someone have gone in to tell the father that your son is coming? No. The father was constantly on a search for the lost son. And the Bible made me to understand that when he saw him from afar, it wasn't the boy that ran to the father, but the father ran to the boy. That tells us about the kind of God we have. Amen. That he is constantly on a search for us. Whenever we stray away, he is always there looking for us. Praise God. And the Bible says that the father ran to him, fell on his neck and kissed him and said to my son, welcome. And the boy said, father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but make me one of your servants. This is what happened to those of us who understand that we have been forgiven. We no longer wait just to work as sons. We are even willing to serve. Praise God. And the boy said to his father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. For I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But make me one of your servants. But you see the truth is, when it comes to God, he doesn't restore you partially. He restores you to the full capacity of the glory that you were before. So when the boy came back home. The father said, bring the fattest calf in the house. And they slay the calf. That tells me something about Jesus. Because there can never be redemption without the blood. That tells me something about Jesus. There can't be salvation until the blood is shed. That tells me something about grace. That grace purchases even in your state of being. Praise God. And they brought in the calf and killed it. And the Bible said that the father said, bring in the shoes, bring in the robe. All that the boy needed to be restored was brought back instantaneously. That's what the grace of God does. Amen. And they brought him and restored him. But this is what happened. After that was done, the elder brother came and heard music in the house. And he said, what is happening in my father's house? And then someone told him, your brother who was once lost now has been found. Praise God. In that portion of the Bible, there are three kinds of people. And they have their significance in the teaching and preaching of grace. Number one, the man with the two sons. That tells me that the man is a typology of God. The father is a type of God. Number two, the prodigal son. In the teaching of grace, the prodigal son is an example of a believer who lost his way. And went astray. Praise God. Number three. The elder brother. Represent. The accuser of brethren. People who. Will always want to. 
make an excuse or find an excuse for what you have done that is wrong. People who always want to tell God, didn't you see what he did? I have been here with you. People who have self-righteousness. People who don't understand the place of grace. People who think that because of what they have been doing, that is enough to save them. Praise God. But for the believer who went astray and came to himself and said to himself, I will go back, is because he has an ideology that the father is a forgiving father. It's because he knows that the father is a merciful father. It's because he knows that there is a place called home for him, irrespective of what he has done, and irrespective of the place he has been, and irrespective of what and what and what and what that he has done. There is a place for him. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to know that for the believer, there is a place for him in Christ. There is a place for him irrespective of the things that he has done. Praise God. I say praise God. And I want you to know that God has restored us in Jesus. We have now been restored to the place. I mean, we have now been restored completely in God. Irrespective of the fact that once upon a time, we were out of grace. Once upon a time, we fell. Once upon a time, we lost our way. But we have been restored in Christ. And therefore, we function from the place of our restorations as believer. Praise God. I want you to believe that irrespective of anything that you have once done at a point in time, you have been restored. Your restoration, thank you. Your restoration, let me say this. For the believer, the fact that you are now in Christ, the fact that you are now in Christ does not mean that you had not fallen before. But it only means that what Christ did has taken you from what you have done before and has placed you in the seat where God is. Amen. Our restoration is not partially. Like I said, it is full. And whatever it is that we have had before, now we still have it in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I say hallelujah. There's restoration for somebody here tonight who is taking the place of grace as an occasion. I want you to know there is restoration for you. And you have to understand that you have a place in Christ. Praise God. Bow your head as we pray. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.